With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday. It is October the 19th, 2018. My gosh, where is the time going? Um, We are well into autumn, certainly in New York. Uh, The weather is um, feeling more towards the cold side than the warm side, but I hope wherever you are that uh, the weather is good to you and that life is generally good to you. I thank you for joining me. It's important that we catch up on the madness of the last week. And uh, what I've observed in all of my time doing this program is there's never a shortage of madness. And I don't think anybody will disagree with that statement. <clears throat> if you're familiar with me, you know that I'm a retired senior special agent with the former Immigration and Naturalization Service, an agency that was sliced, diced, cut into little pieces, reconfigured, Uh, and folded into the bureaucratic leviathan known as the Department of Homeland Security. And uh, my division that I was involved with, the um, investigations branch, became part of what is now known as ICE, Immigration Customs Enforcement. And they were split in half, and the section that does the work that I used to do with the Drug Task Force, working on terrorists and so forth, is in a subdivision known as Homeland Security Investigations. And those agents were actually even given different credentials, different badges. The idea was to take immigration, I believe, out of the headlines, to ignore the fact that immigration was the issue. We have suffered for decades from politicians, including presidents, who have been globalists, who didn't believe in sovereign borders, who bought into this idea that we were part of a global community and we don't need no stinking borders. Boy, is that wrong-headed and dangerous. It allowed terrorists to enter the United States and carry out a series of deadly terrorist attacks. It has permitted vicious gangs such as MS-13 and others to enter the United States, not just from Latin America. There's always the Russian mob, Asian organized crime, the Jamaican drug posses, the Israeli Uh, criminal syndicates, we can go down the list. The whole point is that human nature is human nature. Immigration isn't about singling out anybody by race, religion, or ethnicity. Uh, If that was the case, I couldn't have done that job for 30 minutes, let alone 30 years. But these are all part of the lies that we're being spoon-fed by the globalist media, the globalist politicians, people that have sold out America to the globalists. And that's not a statement of xenophobia. It's not a statement of racism, nativism, or bigotry. It's a statement of reality. I am first-generation American. If it wasn't for America's generosity in permitting my mother to immigrate legally to the United States during the years leading up to the Second World War, she wouldn't have survived. I would never have been born. My children would never have been born, and my grandchildren would never have been born. In a very real sense, I owe my life, the lives of my children and my grandchildren, to America and to America's immigration policies. And I'm not calling for an end to all immigration. All that I'm asking our government to do is to be careful that we don't allow in criminals, terrorists, fugitives, gangbangers, and people who would take the jobs of Americans. That's what's in the law, the law that was passed by Congress, enacted by various presidents. But the current immigration law fundamentally goes back to 1952. This isn't earth-shaking. And prior to that, 
uh, you know, prior to the Second World War, the Labor Department ran immigration because the concern was that, especially coming out of the Depression, that we didn't want Americans losing their jobs to foreign workers. This isn't a hard concept. <clears throat> and it's not, forgive me, I have a bit of a frog going on tonight. Kermit the frog is visiting, I guess. So understand that the notion of protecting American workers is as American as apple pie. It was something that used to be a hallmark of the Democratic Party. That's why I'm a registered Democrat. Can't tell you the last time I voted for a Democrat. They've lost their minds. They've lost their moral compass. Chuck Schumer leading the charge a couple of years ago made this big statement about how he wanted a new federal law that would make trespass on critical infrastructure or national landmarks a five-year felony. So that's how you deter people from trespassing, because trespassing is dangerous. Chuck was on to something. He's right. It is dangerous. But the same Chuck Schumer says that when you trespass on America, well, now you're entitled to citizenship. This is madness. It's a disconnect with reality. It's contradictory. It's hypocritical. It's nuts, to put it mildly but he's not alone in the lunacy. You have people calling for ending ICE, making heroes out of people who come to America illegally, and we're looking at this caravan headed this way from Central America, and President Trump is right. And I don't always agree with Donald Trump. I have to tell you, his use of language sometimes drives me crazy. It's not nuanced. He doesn't sometimes seem to get the point. Um, I'm happy he's the president. But we should never blindly follow any leader. That's how dictatorships arise. And I'm not talking about Trump either. But I look at the crazies who blindly follow Hillary Clinton, who runs around saying there should be no civility in politics as long as the Republicans control the House and Senate. Is that like a threat? Is that extortion? What exactly are we talking about here? And you have people who blindly follow Hillary and, 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 and Chuck and, and, and all these others, Nancy Pelosi, what a collection. Not that I, have, I find too many heroes in the Republican Party either. Look, we need to protect our country. We need to protect our citizens against criminals, against drugs, against terrorism, against illness. Right now there's a, a concern that some travelers came in from Israel uh, infected with the measles virus, and everyone's running around trying to figure out who might be infected because they want to give people inoculations and so forth. Because it can lead to life-threatening pneumonia. But this is all part of what immigration is supposed to do if it works efficiently. Um, but we're not requiring public health records anymore. When I started my job with the INS back in 1971, when people traveled to certain parts of the world, they had to bring with them proof that they were vaccinated. And the list of countries was pretty significant. And it was up on a big yellow chart that was in every inspector's booth at Kennedy Airport, where I worked. And over time, the list got smaller and smaller and smaller. And now we're finding terrible diseases springing up in the United States. <clears throat> I'm not certain that they're coming from overseas, but it wouldn't shock me. Tropical-related diseases, the United States isn't really a tropical country. Uh, there's a variant of a virus that seems very similar to polio, causing children to become paralyzed. We have no idea who's here. We have no idea who we're admitting. But the globalists are happy. The Chamber of Commerce is ecstatic. Immigration lawyers are falling all over themselves because they have more work than they could possibly handle. So they are literally and figuratively making out like bandits. And then you look at the headline, the caravan of immigrants. No, that's not a caravan of immigrants. It's an invasion, folks. We have a lawful immigration system. And by the way, I made that point when I was on Newsmax TV. I was also on a, a new network, new for me and I think new for America, I-24, which is an Israeli-based television, 24-hour news service. <clears throat> I did an interview there. I was on NRA TV this week. And the point that I keep making is that we have a legal system. And it's the most generous in the world. We admit a million lawful immigrants every year. We give them green cards. They're immediately placed on the path to citizenship. We admit tens of millions of temporary visitors, non-immigrant aliens who come as tourists and students and temporary workers and so forth. We're very generous. We're far too easy as far as I'm concerned because if you look at how many, illegal, how many aliens who are here illegally didn't run the border, but violated the terms of their admission into the United States. So obviously the vetting process we do at ports of entry 
is not nearly stringent enough. It's a problem. It's a problem in a day and age where there are real concerns about terrorists gaining entry into the United States and carrying out deadly attacks. This isn't conjecture. We've seen this. Not just on 9-11. We saw it in 1993, two terror attacks, one carried out by a Pakistani by the name of Kansi, who shot up the CIA January 93, killed two CIA officers, wounded three others, and fled the country. That's a point to remember. Foreign nationals who commit crimes and attacks in America can leave the United States and go back to their home countries, and all too frequently their home countries won't cooperate with America to allow the extradition of their criminal citizens. So understand that this is a problem. And, and, and then we had the bombing at the Trade Center one month after Kansi, February of 93, six dead, over 1,000 injured, a half billion in damages. And the engineers who did the investigation, they brought in civil engineers and others, said that if the bomb had been a little bit bigger, if they filled the truck that was filled with the explosives to the top, or if the truck had been parked on the opposite wall of the garage, that they believed that the tower might have come down sideways, collided with the other World Trade Center tower. These were 110 stories tall, a quarter of a mile high. I don't even want to imagine what the casualties would have been. And we've had other attacks in America, the killing of Rabbi Meir Kahana, the shooting of the yeshiva kids on on, on the Brooklyn Bridge prior to, to the 93 attacks. And since 93, we had Faisal Shahzad, the Times Square bomber, naturalized citizen, set off a car bomb in Times Square. Thankfully, nobody killed. We got lucky. There were other attempts, um, some of them deadly, some of them not deadly. But if you look at the Boston Marathon bombing and you look at what happened at San Bernardino, California, we're under the threat of terrorism. If you look around the world, how many attacks there have been. Terrorism hasn't stopped. The all-clear hasn't sounded. And the idea of allowing people into the United States where we can't vet them and where the numbers are so great that there's no way that our resources can try to vet them. This is Lucy at the Bonbon Factory, for those of you old enough to remember the terrific TV show, I Love Lucy, where she and her cohort, Ethel, got a job wrapping candy in a candy factory, the Bonbon Factory, and the conveyor belt kept getting faster and faster and faster, and the candy kept hurtling at them faster and faster. First, they were wrapping them. Their job was to wrap the candy. But after a while, they couldn't keep up. They tried eating it. They tried shoving the candy down their, their clothing, and everybody laughed like crazy because it was a funny episode. Classic humor. But imagine the adjudicators. Imagine the agents who are trying to do investigations and make reasonable decisions about whether or not to grant lawful status to aliens when we're dealing already with 6 million-plus applications per year, and now we keep seeing caravans of aspiring illegal aliens headed, excuse me, for the United States. But the news media keeps calling them immigrants. And if we're a nation of immigrants and you dare say that we shouldn't let them in, then you get labeled anti-immigrant. You get labeled a hater, a bit of a xenophobe, and a bigot. Um, I remember testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee, perhaps ten years ago. The late Arlen Specter from Pennsylvania was uh, one of the senators there. I believe he was um, chairing the uh, the hearing, and he talked about people who didn't want to give lawful status to millions of illegal aliens or let in the immigrants as being exophobic, suffering from exophobia. I kid you not. I almost started laughing. I thought, my God, the senator thinks that we suffer from the fear of the letter X. And then he corrected himself and said xenophobia. It's not xenophobia. It's a healthy concern that people who come illegally are doing so because they have ulterior motives. The reason that they're not coming legally is because they know they can't come legally. And if you look at the grounds for excluding an alien, Title VIII, United States Code, Section 1182, not a law lesson, but everything I tell you is verifiable or I won't tell it to you. It's aliens with dangerous communicable diseases, aliens who suffer extreme mental illness and are a threat to safety, aliens who are criminals, spies, terrorists, human rights violators, war criminals, fugitives from justice, aliens who have been previously deported, aliens who have committed fraud, 
uh, in, in a visa application. And then we get to aliens who would likely become a public charge, and that's something that President Trump is trying to address, that if you go on welfare and need public assistance within the first five years of coming to America as a lawful immigrant, you might lose your green card. That's not an executive order like Obama's DACA. This is actually statutory law. It's in the law that aliens who become public charges, who rely on public assistance, are subject to deportation. We can't support the world. We have a deficit of over $20 trillion. One in four American children are believed to live below the poverty line. Homelessness is becoming an increasing problem around the United States. So it's not that we're not being reasonable. It's that we're overextended. The credit card is maxed out. That's what we're talking about. And then when you, when you look at the, the other grounds for exclusion, it's aliens who would take the jobs of Americans but don't have permission to work. Why on earth would you bring in foreign workers so that Americans can lose their jobs and their means of support? perhaps lose their homes to foreclosure, perhaps not be able to send their children to college, not that it matters much when we keep increasing the number of H-1B visas so that American kids have to compete with programmers from China and India. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. I remember when my kids were going to enroll in kindergarten, they had the program for the gifted children, and every parent wanted their child in the gifted program. The Eagle program was what they called it here in New York City. Every parent wanted in on Eagle. And when they didn't get it, boy, oh, boy, you would have thought that that someone had passed a death sentence on them. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? My child didn't make Eagle program in kindergarten. Yeah, well, I guess his degree in nuclear physics is going to be delayed, you know. And I don't want to make light of it. But that's how concerned, loving, concerned parents are about giving their kids the best opportunities for the best chances for success in life. But when you bring in foreign workers and foreign students and they come from the third world where they bring with them third world expectations of wages and working conditions, what do you think the outcome is? Wages go down, Americans are displaced, our deficit increases, We create national security problems for ourselves, but don't you dare say a word about it because we will attack you if you do. We will intimidate you into oblivion. Don't you dare talk about the 9-11 report. Don't you dare talk about terrorists. Don't you dare talk about the gangs. President Trump referred to MS-13 as animals. Nancy Pelosi couldn't get to the microphones fast enough. She raced, I think, Chuck Schumer to get to the microphone. Oh, my God, MS-13, those children have the spark of divinity. Yes, the spark of divinity, and their slogan is rape, kill, and control. And who are they raping and killing? Mostly teenagers within the ethnic Latino immigrant communities. They're recruiting children as young as eight years of age. And they use violence and the threat of violence as a way of controlling turf, machetes, knives, and so forth. But don't you dare call them animals because they have the spark of divinity. Nancy Pelosi is certain of it. We've been intimidated into oblivion. And everyone says they're fed up with Newspeak. There was just a, an article, I'm sorry, not Newspeak, but political correctness. And I have declared, going back quite some time, that this is not political correctness. This is Orwellian, control of thought through control of language. And so now here comes the caravan. And we're getting all these reports about violence in Mexico and these poor refugees just want to come to America. So let's clear a couple of things up about these refugees. Refugees, political asylum, is supposed to be given if the alien can make a case for credible fear that if he or she goes back to their home country and because of race, religion, ethnicity, or other such factors, they would face persecution or worse. That's it. It's not because they're poor. Listen, if we gave out political asylum or refugee status to people because they were poor, we would have to admit between 3 and 4 billion people into the United States tomorrow morning. Companies coming, fix up the guest room. Maybe we could send them to Chappaqua to visit old Hillary. I'm sure she'd love the company. 
uh, you know, understand what we're talking about. This is like the, the, the 19-year-old beauty queen, and they say to her, what's your platform, as though she's running for empress of the world. And she said, I want to end world hunger. Well, that's great. Well, let's bring them all to America, and we'll take them to Burger King. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. But this is what we're told we need to do. Now, why are we being told this? Because the Chamber of Commerce, the United States Chamber of Commerce, wants an unlimited supply of cheap foreign labor. The immigration lawyers want an unlimited supply of clients. And you have immigration lawyers on both sides of the political aisle. Think about it. Bob Goodlatte, who's the outgoing chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, is an immigration lawyer. How do I know? He told me this a couple of years ago. We had a private meeting. So understand what he wants. When he leaves in January, I'm sure that he's going to become an immigration lawyer again and look for clients. He was in the position, if he had gotten DACA through, of, of, of creating God knows how many more clients for himself and his colleagues in immigration law. But it's not just the Republicans. Zoe Lofgren, liberal Democrat, used to be the ranking member of the House Immigration Subcommittee. I don't recall if she was ever the chairperson. She was certainly the ranking member, immigration lawyer. So they're happy. The universities are thrilled because we're flooding college campuses with students from China and elsewhere. China's a real problem. I've been writing about China. But these folks don't care about the problems. They just want money. You look at the religious organizations that want the refugees because they're being given huge amounts of money to take care of the refugees. Dollars and cents, dollars and cents. Follow the money and you'll see where everything comes from. But the American people have been gullible. They've been buying this three-legged racehorse, this crazy notion that if we don't let everybody in, we're not compassionate. And then we have to ask, who exactly are we letting in? So there was an interesting article that um, I'm actually working on a piece about this, that the Judicial Watch did a really great job. They have this um, subtitle, The Corruption Chronicles, and, and here's the headline. This is just... Uh, Yesterday, October 18th, 100 ISIS terrorists caught in Guatemala a Central American caravan heads to the United States. So this raises a lot of questions. First of all, Guatemala caught the 100 ISIS terrorists. That's great. How do they know they got them all? We don't know. Um, how did they get them at all? Were they screening the people in the caravan? Because if they were screening the people in the caravans, then it sounds to me as though the governments of Guatemala, perhaps Honduras, are actually working with the human traffickers to make sure that these folks make their way all the way into the United States. By the way, under international law, when someone seeks political asylum, they're supposed to seek asylum in the first country that they get to after they leave their own country. This isn't like you go to a travel agent and said, hmm, I'd love to be in Paris for springtime, so can I get political asylum in Paris? And meanwhile, you know, the person has gone through six different countries, but he wants to go to Paris, or he wants to go to New York. He wants to be in the United States, or he'd rather be in London because he wants to live in England. It doesn't work that way. If you're running for your life, you don't get to pick and choose countries. Once you are out of the country where purportedly your life is being threatened, you're supposed to say, can I stay here, please, because I can't go home. You don't say to that country, hey, can you get me a ticket for New York? I want to live in the United States. I need asylum. But that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. And so it's, it's wonderful if it's true, because I don't believe anything that any world leader says about anything anymore, how many times can you get burned by the same damn flame? But if it's true, I'm happy that they were able to identify these ISIS terrorists and send them packing. How many more terrorists are there out there? This is a point that I raised when I've been doing the TV interviews this past week and radio interviews. You know, I've written articles about this. There was a congressional hearing in April before the House, the House uh, Homeland Security Committee, chaired by Peter King from Long Island, and it was about sleeper cells in the United States. It was about how Iran is operating throughout Latin America, bringing in forces from Hezbollah and Hamas, 
probably ISIS and Al-Qaeda tagging along. We know that the tri-border region of Brazil has terror training camps where Brazil abuts with Argentina and Paraguay. We know that Caracas, Venezuela, has had an agreement with Tehran for the longest time, and shock troops, Quds forces from Iran, have been routinely getting into um, Caracas, the country that's basically a failed state, which gives opportunities for terrorist organizations to do lots of recruiting. People are hungry and desperate. They're losing weight. They don't have drinking water, and someone makes them the offer they can't refuse. Who knows? Opportunities abound for terror recruitment. And, and the story from Guatemala is how easy it is to get fake ID, so they're catching Syrians with Latin American ID. Not a new story, but the timing is interesting. We have the ha- caravan headed for the United States, and you have to believe that among them will be terrorists. The hundred that were caught by the Guatemalan government might be the tip of a very large iceberg. We just don't know. And here's an example of where what we don't know can hurt us, uh, maybe even kill us. So we know there are terrorists in Latin America. President Trump said either the caravan stops or I'm prepared to put the military on the border to shut down the border completely. And everyone's freaking out. I have to tell you the president is right. The president is right. On September 11, 2001, 19 terrorists killed more people than did the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. By a lot. To get the 3,000 approximate number, more than 10,000 victims of 9-11 are ill. Some are dying, some have cancer, some have died. 10,000 in addition to the 3,000 who were killed virtually instantaneously when the towers came down, when the Pentagon got struck, and when the plane landed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, crashed in Shanksville, didn't land. So the numbers are staggering. There's a drug bill named for a police officer by the name of the drugger, the first known first responder to succumb to illness because of his exposure to the toxins when the towers collapsed. Um, there's a drug bill, to my recollection, don't hold me to it, but I believe there's something on the order of seven billion dollars allocated for the treatment of the victims and they're finding still more victims because of what was spewed into the air when the towers collapsed human remains that had been incarcerated you had asbestos building materials fiberglass all kinds of noxious chemicals and the people who are suffering are suffering greatly suffering greatly for years now so the idea that we might wind up allowing in terrorists should give every single American cause for pause. It should get every single politician, it should get their attention. They need to look at this and say, this is a really dangerous situation. But that's not what we're hearing. Oh, let's welcome in the refugees. And so what if they blow up some Americans? What the hell? we got lots of Americans to spare, don't we? don't we? And the ACLU, and I used to have a lot of respect for the ACLU. I really did. I thought they were heroic. Standing up, the idea of I disagree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Don't try it with the current crop of ACLU. They are opposed to a border wall. They are opposed to Kate's law. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the border wall tonight. This border wall debate, ladies and gentlemen, has been going on for many, many years. You know, it's funny. My son was digging through some of my old papers, and he found some DVD recordings of my appearances on MSNBC eight, ten years ago. It's hard for me to to remember that far back. Uh, You know, there was a time I was averaging 15 or 20 television interviews every single month. All the networks, MSNBC, Fox. ABC, uh, CNN, they don't have immigration people on for the most part. Fox does. I I was on a couple of months ago to several programs, um, and and I was happy to do that. But the other networks don't want immigration agents to come on and tell the truth because they they want to create a fantasy. They're fabricating a narrative. So 
don't get immigration agents in here who are going to tell the truth, God forbid, because we have to vilify the immigration agents. You had Governor Cuomo call immigration agents thugs, thugs, the agents who go out there and arrest terrorists, drug dealers, child molesters, and so forth, thugs. Brilliant. Brilliant. If he was the last man on the earth, I wouldn't vote for Cuomo. To insult dedicated law enforcement officers, men and women who every single day go out there and put their lives on the line, you can call them thugs. You can go where it's very, very warm, Mr. Cuomo. Boy, I thought his father was a pretty good governor. Too bad that that apple fell quite a distance from the tree. What nonsense, thugs. And we're going to get together a bunch of lawyers, and when immigration shows up, we're going to charge at them with all these lawyers, and we're going to go after the agents. The state that got hammered the worst on 9-11 is the state and the city, New York City, that hates immigration agents. Forget what the 9-11 Commission had to say, that basically it was multiple failures of the immigration system that enabled the terrorists to enter the United States and embed themselves. Well, anyway, back when I was on MSNBC, one of the hot topics was the border wall. And money was provided, and they said to me, well, Mr. Cutler, do you think that the wall is going to be built? I said, it'll never happen. He said, why? I said, because the politicians don't want a wall. They know what their constituents want, but they don't give a damn what the constituents want. That was in 2006, 2007, it's now 2018, and the president still can't seem to get enough money to build a wall. And and so look at the nonsense they've done, and I've written about this for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. I hope you'll go check out my articles there. The border wall would pay for itself, and it would take money from Mexico without Mexico sending us a check. If you're a homeowner, you understand how insulation works. By trapping warm air in your house in the wintertime, it saves you money. I don't care how you heat your house. I don't, I don't care if you use fuel oil or gas or electricity. If you could trap the heat in your house, you use less electricity to keep your home warm. Over time, insulation pays for itself. Over time, the border wall would pay for itself because the border is open. Illegal aliens come to America. They work. They send money home tens of billions of dollars a year. The drugs flow into the United States, and the drug money, the proceeds from drug trafficking, flows out of the United States. God only knows how much money we're now talking about. And then you have to look at the cost of the crimes and and the damage to human lives. And then we can go down the whole list. The wage suppression because of unfair competition for jobs and Americans being displaced, and, and the costs are astronomical. I would argue that within a year, two years at the most, the wall pays for itself. But, of course, everybody wants to criticize the president because he wants to build the wall. And so they say, ah, Mexico's not going to pay for the wall. If you could significantly impact the number of illegal Mexicans working in the United States, if you could significantly impact the amount of narcotics being peddled in America by the Mexican cartels, then Mexico loses of billions of dollars Per year, how much was that wall again? Thirty billion, something on that order. Let me tell you, folks. Less than two years, maybe less than a year. The wall self funds, but no one's talking about that. Now I want to make another point, and this is something that I I said on the TV show at Newsmax, um, and and Brett, the um, the host, really perked up when I said it. This is going to sound silly. So think this through, and I'll I'll give you a couple moments to think about it before I tell you my take. What is the purpose of a border wall? It may sound like a stupid question, because the radical nutcases who call themselves Democrats, this is about keeping out those poor Mexicans. This is about bigotry. So let let me expound on my question or expand on my question just a tiny bit. How many aliens would the wall prevent from entering the United States legally? By legally, I mean by being vetted because they go through ports of entry where they're screened by the inspectors who work for Customs and Border Protection, the job I did for the first four years of my career with the old INS. How many aliens would be stopped from entering the United States legally 
by a wall on the Mexican border? Here's the answer if you haven't figured it out. It's a big, fat goose egg. Zero. It would stop zero aliens from entering legally. It would prevent aliens from running the border. Now, what does that mean? It means that if you want to come to America, you're going to have to go through a port of entry so you can be screened. A record can be created of your admission. We can do our best to keep terrorists and criminals out of the United States. The ACLU is adamantly opposed to the wall. It costs too much money. It's not fair. It's discriminatory. All the usual arguments. Unconstitutional. Article 4, Section 4 provides that the state shall be protected by the federal government against invasion and domestic violence. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, the presence of millions of aliens who snuck into the country, trespassed, to use Chucky Schumer's words, that constitutes trespassing, major league trespassing. You have millions of foreign nationals in the country who evaded the inspections process at ports of entry. You have a president who looks at that deplorable, scary situation and says, this has to end. Let's build the wall. Let's make certain that people who come to the United States from Latin America become, get, get inspected. And by the way, when I say from Latin America, these aren't only Latin Americans. You know, one of my pet peeves with the Border Patrol has always been that they've only looked at people as being one of three kinds, U.S. citizens, Mexicans, or OTMs, other than Mexican. OTM was jargon that was used internally. Now the whole world knows about OTMs, other than Mexican. Why did the Border Patrol adopt the term OTM? It's because of a lack of sophistication in, in the process of interdiction. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not criticizing the Border Patrol. They do vital and extremely dangerous work. I went to Border Patrol Academy when I hired on with the old INS. Everybody who was given a badge by the INS went to Border Patrol Academy down in Los Fresnos, Texas. So I was there for training. I have nothing but total respect for the U.S. Border Patrol. But understand their job is interdiction. They don't do long-term fraud investigations, that sort of thing. They're not on task forces as a rule. It's the ICE agents who are. The old INS special agents, the job I did, I had... Ten years in with the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force, OSADEF, which, by the way, is being tasked by Attorney General Jeff Sessions. He just issued a press release a couple days ago targeting Hezbollah and the drug trafficking cartels in Latin America. Again, out of a recognition of the dangers that, that was discussed at that hearing that I mentioned that Peter King had officiated at, that you've got Hezbollah, Hamas, and all these individuals operating in conjunction with the Mexican cartels pushing people and narcotics north into the United States. Not just people that want to work illegally, but people involved with the drug trade and terrorists. We have a serious threat to public safety and national security. So I was part of OSADEF. Before that, I spent four years with the Unified Intelligence Division of the Drug Enforcement Administration. And so the ICE agents of today, or HSI agents, Homeland Security Investigations agents, are, are carrying that baton. They're doing long-term fraud investigations, task force investigations, and so forth. In fact, the second largest contingent of agents assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force are immigration agents. That's because foreign terrorists who enter the United States violate our laws and our borders to get here in order to carry out attacks. That's why immigration is so critical. And, and yet the Democrats want to stop immigration enforcement, period. Not that the Republicans want to hire more ICE agents. We have 6,000 or 7,000 ICE agents for the whole country. It, it's pathetic. And half of them aren't even doing immigration work. You know, um, HSI is more concerned with counterfeit Gucci loafers and counterfeit passports. This goes back to George W. Bush, who purposely created DHS in a way that made immigration enforcement ineffective. That's why I used to call, and I still call, DHS Department of Homeland Surrender, although Donald Trump is trying to fix a lot of what's wrong with it. But Congress won't let him. The Republicans won't give him the money for more agents, and the Democrats are screaming that we need to disband immigration law enforcement completely. Completely. 
They want to leave America vulnerable to terrorists and gangs and criminals because, after all, let's not forget ICE agents are thugs. Ask Governor Cuomo. And Nancy Pelosi was very clear that MS-13 has the spark of divinity in their hearts. You can't make this garbage up. You can't make this garbage up. So the border wall is not supposed to keep out Mexicans. It's not supposed to do anything of the sort. It's to make certain that every alien and every bit of cargo that enters the United States gets inspected, is subject to vetting and scrutiny, and a record is created. That's the reason for the wall. It's not a wall across the borders to stop people coming here from Mexico. Genius Senator Menendez in in New Jersey said, oh, my God, the border wall will stop commerce. Well, it ought to tell you something about Menendez if he's concerned about the commerce that it would stop, because the commerce that would stop is narcotics and illegal aliens and terrorists and criminals. So if Menendez is concerned about that, then I guess we know what Menendez is all about. A border wall would not stop a single alien from entering legally. It's only to make certain that people don't evade the process at ports of entry. Don't ask the ACLU, because they're having a hissy fit at the prospect of the construction of a border wall. And they're also really, really, really upset with Kate's law. Kate Steinle, as you probably, hopefully remember, was a very um, attractive young lady in her early 30s who was killed as he strolled along the piers in San Francisco with her father when some dirtbag who had been deported five or six times supposedly found a gun lying around. Yes, we always, I, I find at least a half dozen guns a day myself. I, I, I step on them sometimes. You know, it's a, They're everywhere. You just can't avoid those guns that are just lying around. So he picked up one of those guns that were lying around, and kaboom, it went off, and Kate Steinle died in her father's arms. And so there's a push on to create Kate's law because of this terrible, terrible, terrible crime. Now, what would Kate's law do? Well, it would take aliens that are now referred to as aggravated felons and make their jail sentence, if they're convicted for unlawful reentry, if they're aggravated felons, meaning they've committed serious crimes. We're not talking about jaywalking here, okay? Murderers, rapists, drug dealers, gun runners, arsonists, bad guys, child molesters. If they're caught, if they're prosecuted, the judge would lose discretion, and the minimum mandatory sentence of five years would kick in. Why? So that Aliens who are criminals and are deported will be discouraged from coming back to the United States because there's this five-year minimum mandatory jail sentence hanging over their head. Now, I'm very familiar with this law because in the early 80s, I had approached then New York Senator Al D'Amato, and I said to him, you know, right now, any alien who gets deported and comes back to the United States is only facing a maximum of two years in jail, and it doesn't deter anybody. And the U.S. attorneys almost never wanted to prosecute aliens for unlawful reentry because they said to me, look, Mike, these people are going to get time served. Why bother? Who cares? It's a a non-issue. Just let it be. It's on the books. It's an interesting law. We can't be bothered. If you have a guy that's been deported, you know, five times in a year where he's killed somebody, all right, we'll, we'll do it, you know, fine. But otherwise, it's pointless. And I said to Senator D'Amato, and I, and I got a bunch of my buddies to work with me, and I also found out after we had gone to the senator and I'd worked with his people for, for almost a year, Walter Connery, who at the time was the head of investigations in New York, he came from the NYPD, he was a deputy inspector for internal affairs, had a law degree, bright guy, became a mentor to me. I, I had tremendous respect for Walter. Uh, sadly, he passed away a couple of years ago. I miss him terribly. But he had sent D'Amato a legislative initiative to do the exact same thing. It was just so, such weird serendipity because neither I, I didn't talk to him about it, he didn't talk to me about it. I bumped into him one day at McDonald's across the street from the office, and he said, well, Mike, what are you working on? I said, well, off the record, and I told him what I had done with the motto. He said, come into my office, bring your food. And we sat down, 
and he told me the story about how he had just sent the legislative initiative to the senator, and the law got passed. And the law got passed that it calls for a maximum of 20 years in jail for aggravated felons for reentry after deportation. Because of the change in law, by the way, it is now the most frequently prosecuted felony prosecuted by the U.S. attorneys in the United States. Imagine the difference you can make with one law. And we also worked, and I convinced Amato, that we needed to hold deportation hearings in jails. I said, why do you let someone sit in jail for eight years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever, arsonist, rapist, drug dealer, you name it. And then we're going to try to deport them when they get out of jail. We have limited jail space. They wind up getting released. They commit more crimes. They kill and wound and injure more people. If you could hold the deportation hearing inside the jail, get them ordered deported. He's sitting in jail for another 10, 15 years. He can go to the Supreme Court or his lawyers can. They can appeal it. They can go all the way to the guy's mother-in-law for all that matters. You get a final order of deportation. And on the guy, the day that the guy or the gal is released from jail, you put his rear end on an airplane and you wave goodbye. See ya. You're out of here. And then if he comes back, the aggravated felon reentry law kicks in. And that became the institutional program, the institutional hearing program. So guess what? Sanctuary cities are no longer allowing immigration agents to go into their jails, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Other cities are, but sanctuary cities, they won't even give us the list of names of inmates in some cities. Why? So we don't even know how many illegal aliens are in the United States. We don't even know how many criminal aliens are in the United States because all the criminal aliens have to do is lie and say, oh, I'm from Puerto Rico. And we saw this all the time, by the way. A Dominican drug dealer, I'm from Puerto Rico. Colombian drug dealer, I'm from Puerto Rico. Well, lots of luck. And Jamaicans are claimed to be from the U.S. Virgin Islands, and the list goes on and on and on. I had a Canadian claim he was born in the United States, and I asked him you know, what the last letter of the alphabet was, and without thinking he said Z. But in America we say Z, in Canada they say Z. Well, guess what? He was a Canadian. He went home eventually. But we were trained to break false claims to U.S. citizenship, aliens who lie to avoid deportation. If you keep immigration agents out of the prisons, and very often law enforcement is now being told, don't even ask somebody about their place of birth or their citizenship. We have no idea what the magnitude of the problem was. And that's why I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago based on an MIT study that said there might be 22, 23 million, not the 11 million we've been hearing. I have news for you folks. I think it's a lot more than 22 million. We're clueless. We're clueless. But I think we can all agree that there's too damn many. But this is the state of affairs that we're in. So Kate's law would specifically target the worst of the worst, child molesters, rapists. Think of all the talk about Kavanaugh. Oh, my God, sex offender, sex offender. But if it's an alien sex offender, it's okay because he doesn't know better. Or maybe it's part of the culture from where he grew up or where he used to live. Or just maybe he's having a bad day. But we certainly don't want to deport those people. And, yes, maybe it puts American women at risk or, or immigrant women at risk. But, you know, life isn't perfect. Things happen to people. But we don't want any foreign national ever to leave America. And, and so imagine that. We're not just talking about illegal aliens. We're talking about the worst of the worst. And they wouldn't have to go to jail if they don't come back. You see, it's very simple. Don't come back. You don't go to jail. We don't want you to come back. We don't want you to go to jail. We just want you to stay the heck out of our country. The ACLU is up in arms. They are major league pissed. How dare we do that to criminals? Folks. This is the Twilight Zone. Rod Serling is writing the script. I'm absolutely convinced. I'm absolutely convinced because nothing that we are seeing or hearing makes any sense anymore. The loons have taken over the asylum. So the ACLU doesn't want a border wall, doesn't care that there are terrorists running around in Latin America, doesn't care that narcotics is flowing freely across the borders, doesn't care that Americans are losing their jobs to illegal aliens. They just don't care. They just don't care. 
and they don't want criminals to be put in jail. Let's have prison reform and let everybody out, and let's take away everybody's guns, and we'll reduce the U.S. population, no problem. When enough Americans are killed by the bad guys, maybe then they'll be happy. That's the only possible conclusion that I could come to. You know, in the past I said that the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, with their demand for cheap labor, they are more fixated, and, and, and tourists, by the way, they're more fixated on headcounts on airplanes and in baseball parks and theaters than they are with body counts in the morgue. And if you think it's an overstatement, look at the caravan and look at the coverage. Caravan of immigrants, caravan of refugees. The language is critical. And it's painting a picture that's not true. And illegal aliens don't have the right to come here. And there was some woman that was interviewed, and she said, I'm going to go to Donald Trump and demand that he lets me in. You're not a citizen of the United States. You don't have permission to come here, but you, young lady, plan to go to the White House and tell the president what you expect him to do. Wow. Got to tell you, I'm an American citizen. I spent 30 years a federal agent, and I could not muster the chutzpah to stride into the Oval Office like she's going to get there, right, and say to Donald Trump, this is what you're going to have to do. But I don't blame those women, that woman. I don't blame the caravan members. What they're doing makes perfect sense because they've been listening to the Democrats and the Republicans say, well, there's too many illegal aliens in the United States to deport them all, so we should give them lawful status. We've heard the, de- the, re- the Democrats say, let's end all immigration law enforcement and talk about how wonderful the illegal aliens are. Well, what's the message? You know, you get one opportunity for first impression. So what's the impression that people from around the world have of the United States today, especially when they listen to Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Bob Menendez and the other cast of characters? In America, violations of law are not simply tolerated, but they are rewarded. We will trip over ourselves especially, particularly, with great emphasis on if you're here illegally. Come legally, you can wait at the back of the line and do what you're supposed to do. Come illegally, we see a spark of divinity even as you're raping 12-year-old girls and chopping off their heads because you have a valuable quality. You're here illegally, and we have to love you because you're here illegally. If you came legally, you're probably a damn fool for following the law, so you can wait in the back of the line. You can be treated like garbage, like the American citizens are being treated by their own government. But if you're an illegal alien, we love you. You're a hero. We want to pin medals on your chest. So you wonder why there's a caravan headed this way? Do you really wonder? Do you really wonder? In-state tuition for illegal aliens. If you're from out of state and an American citizen, don't even think of asking. We'll laugh at you. If you're an illegal alien, absolutely, we love you. You broke the law, and we love you for it. That's the lunacy of the anarchists that have hijacked the Democratic Party. They love law violators. Maybe they see kindred spirits in them. Who knows? Just saying. Hillary Clinton threatens more disruption. And by the way, that's another word that I hear a lot of that gives me cause for pause. We used to say that a company was revolutionary, that it was a game changer. Now it's disruptive. When I was a kid, if you were disruptive, you wound up in the principal's office. Right? Disruptive is not good. Today we love disruptive. Why? Because we are looking, apparently, for regime change in America. Forget about regime change in dictatorships. We need to implement totalitarian tactics in the United States, And the only way to do it is with regime change, which is what I think the Democrats are trying for. Get in the faces of the Republicans. Don't let them walk into a store with their families without you getting in their faces and let everybody know how mad you are. When have we ever heard this kind of insanity? And these are supposed to be our leaders. Our leaders have lost their minds. They are looking for, I believe, riots. 
And where I come from, inciting to riot is a serious crime. People get killed that way. People get injured that way. And I don't think I'm missing what they're saying. They are using the kind of rhetoric that ramps up the violence, that encourages no discourse at universities, safe spaces for people that they agree with. Don't you dare be a bully, but we will bully the folks that we disagree with. This is the hypocrisy, the weapon of choice of Chucky and and, and all of his friends. Dianne Feinstein used to be a great senator. I used to work with her people after 9-11. She was rational. She was a true leader. I don't know if she's suffering senility. I'm not sure what Dianne Feinstein is doing. I know she's trying to win yet another term. This is going to be her legacy, going from really an effective, decent senator who I had tremendous respect for to being somebody who I have to tell you I have no use for. The charade that got played with Judge Kavanaugh, look, if Kavanaugh did what he was accused of doing, it's one thing. But the way that Dianne Feinstein sat on the information for weeks, failed to protect the identity of the woman who came forward, we can go down the whole list. This is what now passes for leadership from the Democratic Party, but I will tell you the Republicans are only marginally better. The only person who's making any sense on the immigration issue is Donald Trump, and that's why he's being attacked. He believes in sovereign borders, and he's alone in that. Probably the last president to believe in sovereign borders was either JFK or Eisenhower. Not one of them since then has believed in a real sovereign country. It's always been about opening up the borders and moving factories overseas and bringing in foreign workers and screwing over American workers and their families. This is the willful engineered destruction of the middle class and a willful desire to change the electorate of the United States. That's where the Democrats are at. They're playing a dangerous game, and only we the people can stop them. Election is coming soon. I hope that my program and my comments are helpful. I hope that they provide you with a perspective that perhaps you haven't been hearing in the mainstream media. I know you haven't been. Uh, Ever since those ashes landed on my house, I've been a man on a mission, trying to make sure it doesn't happen again, trying desperately to wake people up to understand that being pro-immigration enforcement is not the same as being anti-immigrant. These are the lies, this is the propaganda being used by the Orwellian Ministry of Truth that exists in the media, exists at Associated Press with their style book. I should probably write about them. Changing the language, don't use the word alien, call everybody an immigrant. And by doing this, over time, people seem to have forgotten that there's a difference between immigrants and illegal aliens. There's a difference between lawful entry and illegal entry. We've lost our way. And we, the people, have an obligation to our country. We also have an obligation very much to our children and to their children to preserve this nation so they can have the opportunities that we had growing up. This is the first time that I'm aware of that the next generation has lower expectations over that of their family, of their parents. It always used to be, that every generation of American expected to do better than the generation that preceded it. Not any longer. And I believe that the biggest reason for this, immigration. Add to that artificial intelligence and automation, and you're seeing jobs leaving quicker than you could possibly imagine. We need to bring the madness to an end, folks. And we need to do it not just in the voting booth, but by having discussions with our neighbors and making certain that the politicians out there all hear from us. We're very specific about the food that we want to eat and the way that we want it prepared when we go to a restaurant. We need to be no less specific in making our demands known to our elected representatives. Please get involved. You know, I always like to make the point that democracy is not a spectator sport. I thank you for joining me. I hope you have a wonderful weekend coming up. And I hope that you will again next week at the same time. Um, click on that link, tune into my program, the Michael Cutler Hour, here on Blog Talk Radio. But for now, folks, have a great weekend. Stay safe, be well. See you next week.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.